Good evening. We've talked about everything. We've talked about succession. We've talked about Betty White. And we've even talked about Elaine Stritch. But what we haven't talked about is the Oscars are coming up. And yes, I know, it can be a shit show. But then again, so can, you know, that one Spotify uh, podcast that we don't talk about. Sometimes the Oscars nominate shit. Sometimes they knock on nominate predictability. You know, tonight I was with my friends and we were watching Goodbye Mr. Chips. And I told them something that kind of stunned them. I said, well, you know that Robert Donat, who won the the Best Actor Oscar for Goodbye Mr. Chips in 1939, beat out a favorite. Because that was the year of Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind. Vivian Lee won and, and Hattie McDaniel won and the film won and the director won. But you know who did not win? Clark Gable. Because Clark, you know, Gable played Rhett Butler from Charleston. Very famous. And Robert Donat beat him. And that's the thing with the Oscars. They love to give the Oscar to teachers, to real people. Not to say that Clark Gable was not deserving because he was but he already first of all he already had an Oscar for it happened one night and so they figure well he's already got it we don't need to give him one and and sometimes that's the academy's thinking and and then at the same time it's almost like a political race you win based on if all the actors vote for you and also the numbers you know in terms of the actor's branch. And I know this from doing research. I remember I did research one time. And Sir Anthony Hopkins, his win for Hannibal Lecter, he won by a landslide because almost the entire acting branch voted for that. Voted for him playing Hannibal Lecter. So here he is, 30 years later, he wins for The Father. Nobody saw that coming. The BAFTA people did. You know, sometimes there's this... What they try to do with the Oscars is they try to predict it based on other industry awards. Now, the Golden Globes at the moment are in... um, uh, How do I say this? They are in limbo. They're in limbo. They didn't have a show. It was not televised. They just announced winners like it was giving out free potato chips. Okay? Then you have the Screen Actors Guild. And then you have this... this, uh, weird obsession with Kristen Stewart playing Diana I almost said Diana Ross oops uh Princess Diana okay my my thing with that is I don't think anyone will truly capture the essence of Princess Diana if you look at the film The Queen where Helen Mirren please plays Queen Elizabeth II they didn't have anyone playing Princess Diana because they used footage of Princess Diana from that day, from that era. So, yeah, they can give it, they can nominate Kristen Stewart all they want. I really don't care. I really don't. I'm sure, you know, that for me, that's a nomination for Twilight. Whatever, whatever. Not to say she's not a good actress, but come on. So right now, you know, people are giving their forecasts. Who's going to win? They, they, some, sometimes there seems to be a lock. 
And then sometimes there seems to be a dark horse. When the dark horse happens, now that makes for some interesting television. Because in the beginning, the Oscars weren't about television. It was it was moderately televised. Now it's all about television. It's all about the ratings, the ingenue, the dress. But back then, no, everyone kind of knew each other. It was an, it was an actor's branch. Times have changed. So when Olivia Coleman won for the favorite, she beat out Glenn Close. Glenn Close was favored. But as Lauren McCall herself said, something left field happens and boom. And that's what happened. Was I upset that Olivia Coleman won? No, because I had seen the favorite and I thought it was hilarious. And Olivia Coleman's performance was just astounding. So was Glenn Close. I had watched The Wife and I thought, oh, Glenn's so great. And there's a really great reveal in the film. She didn't win. Okay. They give it to Olivia Coleman. That's where the dark horse wins. And then same with Anthony Hopkins. It it was predicted. Well, you know, Hollywood likes to predict things and then it doesn't happen. That Chadwick Boseman would win the death vote. And then what happened? Anthony Hopkins won. And then people got all upset. Seriously? You're upset that a man, legendary actor, who played who plays a guy who is dying of Alzheimer's wins the Oscar over someone who is dead. So obviously it's in their memory. And, and I've said this before and I'll say it again. That was not Chadwick Boseman's best performance. I watched Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. That was not his best performance. For me, his best performance was when he was playing Jackie Robinson. He's playing a historical figure. Okay. So yeah, there, there, there is that. There is that. There, shit happens. Shit happens when you party naked. Shout out to Jason Almy and to the creatures of the night. I was on the show tonight talking about conspiracy theories. Yeah. And, and it's not that I don't believe in them. I mean, you know, like I've said before, I know about Area 51. Although someone else I know knows a little bit more about it, but I don't have his number. Um... There are just things out there that we can't explain. Look at Betty White. Betty White had a really great take on death that her mother kind of instilled in her. Like, oh, now he knows the secret because nobody could truly knows what happens. You know, it's like if you can remember being born, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, recently I was watching old episodes of Dead Famous, which is fascinating to me. You have the guy who they're sitting at the table and they do a seance and Joan Crawford comes through. I totally believed it. I'm sure others were kind of skeptical. Come on. You know, Joan, Joan Crawford, you're going to you're going to bring her back. And she's probably like, but why are they bringing me back? Yeah, because she's dead when you're dead. Leave you, you know, leave them alone. Leave them alone. Don't dig them up. I mean, come on. You did, did Cher dig up Sonny? No. Hi, if I could turn back time. I mean, come on. And, and I like Cher. I really do. 
I really do. And, you know, Sunny dies. I remember when Sunny died. I was up late at night because I'm a night owl. And it came over the news. Special breaking report. Sonny Bono dies. He hit a tree. And that, you know, you try to avoid hitting trees when you're in Tahoe. Um, Any person would know that. But, you know, it's, I got you, babe. Yeah. Well, he got you, babe. Um, What were we talking about? The Oscars. The Oscars. So in this instance, sometimes they give it to some, you know, they, they, in fact, today... I was watching Captain Courageous and Spencer Tracy, that was Spencer Tracy's second Oscar or no first Oscar won the second one for uh, Boys Town. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes they're like, Hey, they're due. Let's give them another one. Sometimes that shit happens. It is a weird ball game, and I don't know what else to tell you. We'll be right back after these messages. I've never expected to win an Academy Award. I sort of didn't think English people could win Oscars, you know. I thought it was just for Americans. You have to understand, I'm the daughter of a man who didn't believe in competition. 30 seconds to air. Remotes in black. This is my lovely daughter, Angelina. Actors? Well, I don't know. You have to ask them. What do you think, Ange? Not really. My first Academy Award. I haven't won anything. My God, you know something I don't. Stand by. This counts to air. 15. Where are you? Oh, hi. Did you Mr. Clooney. That is, see, I win an Oscar, it's Mr. Clooney. It's the vision I had of what Hollywood was like before I came to Hollywood. It's very intimidating. It's always like, oh my God, I'm a part of this. It's a room full of excitement. It's a room full of sweat. <laughs> Everybody's really eager. Nine, eight, seven, six. It's a huge deal. And no matter how cool everybody says they are, the Oscars for crying out loud. Two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our host, Her Majesty, Whoopi Goldberg. Good evening, loyal subjects. I am the African Queen. Good evening and welcome. Or actually, no. (laughs) We talked earlier. I thought we would continue the Academy Awards talk. That is a documentary called And the Oscar Goes To. And directed and produced by Rob Epstein and Jeffrey Friedman. And it talks about basically the history of the Academy Awards. Whether you like it or not. You know, that was really created... Uh, to stop unions from coming into <laughs> Hollywood. That's really, you know, that's really what it was about. 
and and also the award itself because you know it when it first started out it was new it had no merit it wasn't until later that people started to get feverish and you know or, or I, Ellen Burstyn says something great she says when I was nominated I started to feel this grasping yeah cause you know you you win and here you go Thank you very much. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Chance of a Lifetime. I'd have to go to sleep somewhere around sound effects editing. Some things never change. And um, I'd get up in the morning, and in my cereal bowl before school would be a list. My mom would write a list of who won what. I was a kid, and here was the people that had already been huge, big, massive stars for 20 or 30 years. I mean, even Bob Hope had been Bob Hope for a you know, since 1932. I actually thought he was always going to be the host. It never occurred to me that there'd be anybody else. I just thought that was the height of sophisticated humor, was Bob Hope at the Oscars. It's a gay, handsome crowd here tonight, but there's an undercurrent of nervousness. The whole thing is like a big maternity ward. Everybody's expecting. Oscar traditions didn't invent themselves. I see a lot of new faces, especially on the old faces. They were created and changed year after year in a process of trial and error. <laughs> wow. At the very first Oscar ceremony, no one knew what to expect. It was May 1929, and Hollywood's finest arrived for a banquet at the Roosevelt Hotel. Wings, a World War I epic, won Best Picture. There were only 12 awards that evening, including one for best title writing, a skill about to disappear. Change was in the air. The first sound film, The Jazz Singer, was a hit that year, but it was ineligible to qualify for best picture. Instead, it won a technical achievement award. Everyone knew it marked a turning point. From the second award ceremony on, all competing films would have sound. For the outstanding performance by an actress. I talked to Janet Gaynor about it, who won the Best Actress Award the very first year, and she said, well, yeah, you know, it was very exciting to get an award, but it had no tradition. And they announced the winners in advance, so they went to the banquet knowing who'd won. The next day, they kind of forgot about it. They moved on. President of the Academy. We're here to unveil our nominees for the 70th Annual Academy Awards. When the nominations are going to be announced, it's early in the morning, and the whole city is awake, tuned in to their TV or their radio to hear who's nominated. I thought, how am I going to sleep until 5.35 tomorrow morning when the announcements are made? So I went out with some friends, went to a sushi bar, and we drank a lot of sake. And I thought, this will help me sleep. And I went home. I was in bed by midnight. I woke up at 12.52, I just got up. I just, this is ridiculous. I'm not sleeping. Turned on the TV. I was listening. And, you know, and they said my name, you know, three times. George Clooney. George Clooney. George Clooney. I just sat there in front of the TV going, I can't believe it. I saw my face on TV. 
Jason Reitman for Juno. There's a picture of me directing. And I realized in that moment that I had been nominated for an Academy Award. I grew up on the south side of Chicago, Inglewood area. And where I come from? Jennifer Hudson in Dreamgirls. I didn't expect to hear my name. Like, did they just say my name? I was on an Indian reservation, a Shoshone reservation, in, um, I think in Utah, when I got word that I'd been nominated. Benicio Del Toro in Traffic. You know, you get nominated and you go in that carousel, it's, it's, like, a, it's like a drug. It's like, it's, it's like, some painkiller. When it happened, the world explodes. You're excited. I mean, I certainly was. I never thought anything like that could ever happen. But then the crush that comes to you from everybody you know all around the world. It's your bar mitzvah times a million. <laughs> yeah. I went to the beach for the day. And then at the end of the day, I came home and I opened the door to my apartment and the whole room was filled with flowers. So I knew I'd been nominated. And so that is the history of the Academy narrated by Academy Award winner Angelica Houston, who comes from a long line of Oscar winners. In fact, Angelica Houston's fan, you know, it started off with John Houston, her father, and her grandfather, Walter Houston, and then her. So there's three generations of Houston Oscar winners. That happened again in 2004 when Sofia Coppola won for Best Screenplay. She was nominated for Best Director. And, you know, her father and his father. Carmine Coppola and Francis Ford Coppola and Sofia Coppola that's three generations of Oscar winners very rarely happens uh, another instance of that also would be and he's never won and she's never won was um, Bruce Stern who'd been nominated before and and had been you know so brilliant and uh, coming home and uh Nebraska, and then his ex-wife, um, his ex-wife who was in Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore with Ellen Burstyn, and Rambling Rose with her daughter, um, Laura Dern. So what's interesting is... Laura Dern is is a winner, and the and the parents aren't. Okay, so had her parents won, she would, you know. But in terms of the generations, so her mother is Diane Ladd. Both Diane Ladd and Bruce Dern have been nominated for Oscars. In fact, one year Diane Ladd and Laura Dern were both nominated in the same year. Diane Ladd for supporting, Laura Dern for lead actor for Rambling Rose. Very rarely does that happen. We live in a weird world where today it's all about television. And Laura Bacall has talked about that, how it's it's a different kind of awards. And so this Tuesday, we're going to find out once again who got snubbed. Because that's always the thing. Who got snubbed? Who got surprised? Who is the clear? You know, I think today... And I'm going to be honest with you, as a viewer of the Academy Awards, when they already have a predictive winner, that's boring. It's just boring. 
Oh, God, they're going to win. They win all the guilds. And what I love is when there's a big shock. Okay. 20 years ago, Halle Berry won. That was a big shock because people didn't think she was going to win. And she won and she made history. Denzel Washington, too. Another one is a year later, Adrian Brody winning for The Pianist. People didn't think he was going to win. The present presumptive winners were either going to be Jack Nicholson or Daniel Day-Lewis. Those were the two, and even Jack was stunned. He's got three. Come on. Or the year that Meryl, Meryl Streep took home her third, and she hadn't won in almost 30 years. And even she was stunned. So... Those are the moments I like is when someone is truly stunned. And I had talked earlier about how when, you know, it was assumed that Glenn Close would win. And then what happened? Frances McDormand opens that envelope and says Olivia Coleman for the favorite. And I went, yeah, because that, that was a dark horse. You know, that year Rami Malek was expected to win. I've made no poems that I don't like that film. I'm his performance was okay. S- scratch me if you want. But it's always good to have a, a shocker. Very rarely does that happen. A shocker. In the 1960s, we had that famous tie. Katherine Hepburn and Barbara Streisand. So Really, we, you know, television takes the fun out of it. Let's continue with this documentary. ...about more than just winning an Oscar. Two of the founding members, actors Douglas Fairbanks and Mary Pickford, were looking toward the future. They wanted the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences to promote the finest possible movies. They were people who thought they were working on a serious art form, And their main motive was to get the word out that it has earned the right to be regarded along with the other arts that have been studied for centuries. Nickelodeon viewing arcades grew into movie palaces. Actors became movie stars new kind of celebrity and the public couldn't get enough of them every day people arrived in Hollywood with big dreams of being in the movies all the hard work of just saying I'm going to stay in Los Angeles I'm going to do 10 auditions today I'm going to get rejected on 9.7 of them I'm going to drive home I'm going to get up tomorrow and I'm going to go to acting class and I'm just going to like you know do this little job here so I can get a little bit of money and then one day boom you get a little job then you get another little job and suddenly you have another bigger job and then suddenly you're like we like what you do Best original dramatic score are actually getting a job was it, it was years and no it was like no one wanted me no one wanted to take a chance I didn't even get the opportunity to do auditions and Marvin Hamsmith for Who? the way we were Hamsmith Ham sorry about that Marvin. 
People had said that, you know, that I wasn't a serious actress and that I was a crazy dresser and I dated younger men and I wasn't, and I just wasn't serious. Mike, the director, said, how would you like to be in a movie with Meryl Streep? I went, sure. You made enough noise there, Bobby? You two are exactly a silent movie yourself. And then he went, I just want to tell you, you play a lesbian, but she's an adorable lesbian. Uh, Y'all, this here's Angela. She's a beautician. Well, hi there. And then he kept going, Cher, get in there. Cher, lay on the couch. Cher, be in the kitchen. And finally, I was just kind of all the way through it. <laughs> so I want I want to say something about Cher because I like Cher and how she was nominated for her first film with Meryl Streep which was Silkwood but then she she does the film Mask, okay? She does that film. And people are like, okay. And people assume she's going to get nominated. And what happens? She doesn't get nominated. And so that and that upset her because she loved the film Mask. So she wears this outfit as in protest and says, as you can see, I... War, I got my Academy booklet on how to dress like a serious actress. Now, in 1987, she does the film Moonstruck, and she is nominated. The nominees for best performance by an actress in a leading role are... Last night never happened, and I'm going to marry him, and you and I are going to take this I went deaf. Holly Hunter and broadcaster. I was very frightened about Holly Hunter. When I saw that movie, I thought, oh my God, that, she's so great in it. Glenn Close and Fatal Attraction. And then I thought, well, Glenn Close too, and it's dramatic, and she, you know, she did everything, but, you know, she boiled the rabbit. And when he opened the envelope, he took a breath. And I thought, I've lost. Because it doesn't take a breath to say share. Winner is share and lose up. And when he said it, I, I was so, my senses were so strange that I had no idea that people stood up. I was I was really kind of not in my right mind. My senses were failing me. When I was little, my mother said, I want you to be something. And uh, and I guess 
This represents 23 or 24 years of my work, and I've never won anything before from my peers. And I also would like to thank Mary Louise Streep, who I feel so unbelievable that I did my first movie with her, and now I was nominated with her, and I feel really thankful. And so I wanted to highlight that because, you know, Cher herself was like, oh, I'm not going to win. And then and then even Paul Newman reading out the nominees and she's saying how he took a breath because she wanted to win. Everyone will say, oh, it's just an honor to be nominated. But even Elizabeth Taylor was like, oh, please, you want to win? You want to win. In fact, Elizabeth Taylor won, some would say, by the by the sympathy vote because she'd been nominated for Butterfield 8 and she hated Butterfield 8 and she said one time in a documentary she was like how in Butterfield 8 she writes in lipstick no sale she went up to when they were previewing the film and wrote piece of shit seriously and she won an Oscar for it and that was the sympathy vote. You know, when Yul Brenner opens up that envelope and he looks up and he's like, Elizabeth Taylor. And you can see her tracheotomy scar and everything. It, yeah. And then in 1966, Elizabeth wins deservedly for a film that she wanted to be remembered for. And that was Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? If you've ever seen Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, there's a stage play brilliantly done with Elaine Stritch, written by Edward Albee. The film, directed by Mike Nichols, it's Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor and Sandy Dennis and um, what was the other guy's name? He just died last year, too. But it is, I mean, that the fact that that's what she wanted to be remembered for and the night that Elizabeth Taylor died, that or the day that she died, that night they played Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf on Turner Classic Movies because she said that was the film she wanted to be remembered for. Ah, George Siegel. It was produced by Ernest Lehman, who also has Oscar history because um, I believe Julie Andrews gave him an Oscar Oh, see, I was thinking, oh, you know, we make mistakes. I was thinking of Lawrence Weingarten because he was a producer. That was the only time that Catherine Hepburn ever went to the Oscars. She never went to collect those four Oscars that she won for acting. No one has ever come close. The only person I think now, there are two people who could come close by tying her. Daniel Day-Lewis is supposedly retired. And then there is Frances McDormand. Frances McDormand has won three for acting and one for producing. So she has a total of four. It's it's interesting. And yes, at the end of the day, it is an award show. Sometimes you win for that performance and sometimes it's the popularity contest. So thank you for joining me tonight. Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Unpleasant Dreams. <laughs>